Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think there's plenty of times when abortions are featured, but one of the things I like about this film is that it's kind of, it's a kind of caper movie in a way. It's like you often get this for like male characters where like, we've got to get this much money by this time in order to do this thing. But it's about getting an abortion. And that in, its, in itself, I think, is a nice kind of reversal. And, and it kind of really normalizes uh, abortion, which I think is a good thing. Hey guys, this is Flixwatcher Podcast, and you are now listening to episode 55. On this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast, we're going to be talking about the Lily Tomlin film, Grandma, as chosen by Jen. Hello. And Dave. Hello. From many podcasts, including Getting Better Acquainted and The Family Tree. As always, I'm joined by Helen. Hello. And I'm Kobe. Hello. Warning, there will be spoilers, there will be bad language. As always, the films that we're reviewing were available to stream at the time of recording. As always, guys, we have all the show notes online at flixwatcher.tv for all the episodes, so please come and visit us there. Of course, join us on Twitter at flixwatcherpod, and please come to iTunes, rate us, and subscribe. Hello, and welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Today we are joined by Jen and Dave, and we're going to be discussing Jen's choice, Grandma. But before we do that, if you would like to say hello and tell us a little bit more about the podcast that you're involved in. Uh, hi, I'm Jen, um, and with Dave, uh, I write and produce the Family Tree Podcast, which is a magical realist uh, drama. Yeah, dramatic fiction audio drama there's lots of ways you can call it um and yeah we, we make the family tree which is kind of a weird spin-off from my real uh, not fictional podcast getting better acquainted uh which is a show that i do where i just talk to people uh, which i've been doing since uh, 2011 and i've not run out of people yet both myself and helen have been on your show that's yeah. right. Yeah. And Jen as well. Jen's yeah. a, a frequent Several guest times. as well. Yeah. <laughs> you almost frowned when you said that. <laughs> I always think there's never going to be any more and there's always more. There's yeah. always more to talk about. And I guess context for people, me and Jen are co-producers of The Family Tree and we're partners in that, but we're also partners in a different way in that we're, we're in a relationship. We've been in a relationship for 17 years. That's why I find myself on getting better acquainted a lot. A lot. <laughs> but it's also must be quite fascinating. There's always more stuff to talk about to uncover yeah. each time you come on the show. That's yeah, right. We're, yeah, we only come on the show to learn more about each other. Yeah. <laughs> Too busy doing podcasts. <laughs> I guess the first time you guys came on, The Family Tree had only just been released. That's right. And at the time, it wasn't that clearly a fictional podcast. You you tried to mask it as could this be real? But now you you've come out and said it's a, it's a fiction. Well, by now people, if they're listening from episode one, if they haven't worked out it's a fiction, then I worry about if if they understand what's going on around them. Just generally, like there's a kind of a, a middle point in season one where uh, if you're still believing it's a fiction after that, then you're you're very good at believing. And there have been a few people who've been very good at believing. There have been, yeah. 
I mean, we didn't try to make it ambiguous as as such. We did want people to know it was a fiction and maybe we should have tried a bit harder with that to kind of fully signpost it as a fiction. But it is kind of playing with that kind of docudrama, like, is it real? Is it like, and, and I am playing myself in it. So it is peculiar. I mean, the first time I listened to I thought it was coming off the back of Serial and it was like a whodunit um kind of thing wasn't it it begins like yeah, that begins for like sure that, yeah and then at one episode it just kind of turns upside down yeah it's much. sort of it's almost a what if this was real kind of thing is the way we treat it and and there are real bits as well there are like conversation bits with real experts and stuff like that so it does definitely blur the line between it but it's it's a, a you know when we say magical realist we we mean that in in the, in the big sense of the word magical like there's some strange things that happen in that show Cool. <laughs> and this is your second time sort of coming on the show because we've had you on before and uh, we reviewed The Lobster and The uh, the Little Prince, so two quite different films. But yeah. today we're here for Grandma. So this is your choice, Jen. It was. And like uh, The Lobster, which I chose last time, I have seen it before, which is I always want to see things again because I don't remember anything. <laughs> well, this is quite a short film, so it couldn't have been that much, uh, couldn't have been too arduous for you. No, it was, I really enjoyed that about it, actually. I like a short film. <laughs> we do like a short everyone film likes here. A, Everyone short that comes to this podcast good. likes a short film. I think that's one thing about Netflix is like, you, you do look at the, the running time, don't you? Definitely. Right. And actually, it passed a cup of tea test. Normally, we, we like to pause in the middle of a film and make a cup of tea. We didn't even have to do that for Grandma. We got all the way to the end without making a cup of tea. <laughs> Was yeah. that a conscious decision? Was it just like, oh, it's come, it's the end now? We didn't look. So we didn't get to the point where we felt we needed to look and see how much was left. Right. And we knew it was short anyway. So I guess yeah. we were expecting not to make a cup of tea. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't. And that, that definitely was the case. <laughs> um, so what happens in it, Jen? The main, the, the sort of the main narrative is that it's a uh, teenage girl who sort of goes on a a mission with her grandma to get together the money that she needs to have an abortion. That's sort of the surface story, but it isn't really about that. It's more about um, the grandma, uh, the grandma's journey, Lily, Lily Tomlin's journey, um, sort of addressing things in her past and taking responsibility for things. And grief. And right. grief. So this is the second time you watched this. Why did you think it was worth watching again for, for us guys? Or was it just a memory jogger for you? It pretty much was a memory. Well, it was a memory jogger for me, but also I did. I knew that I had really, really liked it and I knew that Dave really liked it. And also when we were talking about it, Dave said he thought Helen would really like it. So uh, then that was that sort of made the decision, really. I've never, this is the first time a recommendation has been made based on anyone's uh, opinion. So what, what were your thoughts, Helen? Did you really like it? Didn't. Oh no, no. that's oh, interesting. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, when when um, we got the choices, I looked it up and thought, hmm, this looks interesting. This looks like one that I might have missed. But um, yeah, I liked what it was doing, sort of. But I think in its shortness, the characters aren't quite as fleshed out as they probably could have been. Right. And it kind of misses a little bit in that. But the... Um, I did really enjoy Judy Greer in it. Okay. I thought Just she as a was... call back to Arrested Development. Um, well, yeah, and also that she's great. So I, I did really enjoy that. And there were some other kind of funny bits. But yeah, I just felt it could have done a bit more. I was left wanting a little bit more from the, the characters and a little bit more. Of, I think the 
bit on grief was kind of overlooked a little bit because the character is still in mourning and we don't really get a picture of who they're mourning and what they were like before but you get a sense that when that person was around they were a much mm, sort of brighter person and because you don't have that contrast you just sort of see the grandma as being this very bitter angry aggressive person and you think well surely the reason that the grief has kind of been this catalyst is there was a different person before then and even at the end you don't really see a shadow of probably what that person was so it just felt like it was an angry person for 80 minutes <laughs> and I was like waiting for the the other side to sort of show the journey that they'd made which didn't really happen do you guys think that she that, that uh, Lily Tomlin's character is an angry bitter person yes yes <laughs> but, <laughs> that, that's definitely true but that doesn't mean that that she's not relatable like for me she's super relatable mm. because I'm kind of an angry bitter person myself um and so it from that side of things I really enjoy one of the things I really enjoy about grandma is you know like she's a woman who is angry and bitter and we see a lot of men who are angry and bitter and when I watch them I have to feel really guilty about the fact that I'm an, an angry bitter man but when I get when I'm watching a woman doing it, I'm like oh maybe it's not something that's innate to my gender maybe it's just a quality <laughs> that people can have not just Bill Murray can do this right like, exactly exactly right right Right. And it, uh, it, uh, it, yeah. And also Lily Tomlin does it in a different way to, to Bill, to Bill Murray. Like there's a lot more kind of depth to, to what she does, which is no, no, not meant to be a slight on Bill Murray's uh, amazing performances. But I, I, I really, I really relate to her, but then I guess, you know, it's all of these things are really contextual. Like, she's not unlike members of my family. And so there's a lot of like that, like the family setup is generally not unlike my family, mm -hmm. like the, the kind of hippie influences, the kind of arty bohemian stuff uh, is, are things you can detect within my family. And so it, for me, it, 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 it's a rare moment of seeing kind of a familiar kind of family. Like most families I see uh, are not like mine <laughs> in films. So but I guess that's a personal thing. I think you do get echoes of a sort of a softer grandma through her as well. I, I get what you're saying about how you don't see how she was before, but that didn't really bother me. I think I sort of saw the whole, because the character's a poet, I sort of saw the whole thing as a poem. And if you look at it from that point of view, rather than as a sort of a novel, if you're going to give it a kind of a literary equivalent, it kind of doesn't feel like it needs to have that backstory in the same way. It's sort of, Almost more like a snapshot shot of here is this person and this is why. Here is this person now and mm. this is why. Because when you guys said angry and bitter, I mean, the, the, the film starts off with her granddaughter saying, I need an abortion. And Lily says, have you told your mum? She says, no, straight away. Right. So that immediately sets it up as like, she's the more sympathetic of the two main female protagonists in her life. So that made me perhaps not consider her as being angry and bitter, but more of a, a reasonable person who's got maybe a few things to deal with like everyone else. So I didn't really see... Yeah, no, that's fair. Mm. And there is that moment, there are lots of... I think there's lots of moments where you do see softer sides of, of the grandma character. Yeah. And there's like a, a, a moment that I particularly relate to, unfortunately, where like she says uh, to her granddaughter, 
of course you can call me grandma. Like she just lost, she just lost their shit in the, in the uh, coffee shop. And, uh, they're in the car afterwards and she's just told her granddaughter not to call her grandma because she didn't because she was embarrassed by her age in that context and then afterwards she's like of course you can I'm sorry I was just angry that's just a thing I say when I'm angry and I super relate to that because as Jen will probably no doubt be able to to kind of uh, agree with like when I'm angry I say things I don't mean and then afterwards I kind of feel bad about it right and so I relate to that moment quite a lot and I think you can see those kind of moments within the grandma character mm. that she gets angry and then you also see the other side of how she feels about it afterwards. Like you do see those moments, I think. How aware of you guys of Grace and Frankie? Oh, well, we're, we're up to date on Grace and Frankie we're and we're looking forward the to the new season. season. <laughs> so as we're recording, the new season's going to come out in a few days time. Helen's looking blank faced. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's very good. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, Martin Sheen, right? Martin Sheen, June Diane, Raphael. Oh yeah, from, she's amazing. She's in amazing that. in it. I often call her Brianna and Frankie because they're my right, two right, characters. right, right. Uh, it's a, but I guess that's another reason. Frankie, um, she, pre- Lily Tomlin plays Frankie in Grace and Frankie, and her character is in no way, shape, or form bitter and angry. That's right. This is like a dark, dark Frankie. Yeah. we were talking about that actually and although the characters aren't similar there's a very Lily Tomlin feel to both characters that she definitely brings herself into what she does right she's got a certain kind of way of delivering lines Mm. and she's I mean she's a comedian right Mm. as well so there's there's that she's got got albums apparently right yeah yeah that's right she's she's a singer too but but she's got timing like that's like definitely got timing how are you guys of Lily Tomlin outside of Grace and Frankie and Grandma? Um, I'm trying to think what she's been in. I just know her... From being around. From being her, but I can't think of... I mean, the biggest film is Nine to Five, which is in with Dolly Parton and Jane Fonda. This is is like a... Was it in the 80s or late 70s? Yeah, that's right. Um, So that was a huge film about women overtaking a boss who's a complete dick. Yeah. So this kind of parallels to things nowadays. Um, yeah, she's but, got a kind of history of doing kind of feminist films, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, but then, like yourself, I think she's just been someone I've known of as yeah, a comedian. Yeah, one of those sort of faces and kind of smaller parts that adds a bit of excitement to, to a role. films every now and again. She's also, she, she's the, like, she, there's a quote by her that I, I often use which is forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past right um i don't know if she said that in a film or if she said that where she said that but Mm. that's my main experience of lily tomlin before i saw grace and frankie was just this like powerful quote that that, like meant a lot to me at certain times in my life sure so you talked about judy greer helen any any of the other characters you want to well no i another thing i think the 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 granddaughter in this I didn't really get on with her. Right, but really? She, she was a bit sort of a side character and against grandma's sort of really strong personality, she just came across as either not particularly well fleshed out or a bit, I don't know, a bit nothing. And then the daughter coming in a bit later on, again, I, I felt that was just a bit, oh, mum's really angry and has no time for people kind of a little bit stereotype hates her mom and it's all a big mistake and i don't know i but, just didn't i didn't get on with those two characters 
I mean, do they hate each other? I don't know if, I don't think I, I don't think I think. When you say they, who do you mean? Sorry. Well, any of the three okay. <laughs> central women, the mum, the daughter and the grandma, like, I don't really think they do hate each other. I think they're very similar to each other and that's why they're kind of endlessly clashing. I don't know. And I think it, they're, they're almost used to sort of symbolise things about grandma I think rather than I can definitely see the argument for them being perhaps less well-rounded characters than they might be but I also think that maybe that was a deliberate choice to use them as sort of bits of grandma almost in a way but I think they are quite rounded characters as well I, the other actor that we're not mentioning so far is, is Laverne Cox yeah. who, who plays Deathy in the in, who's a who's great tattoo, I really tattoo. enjoyed right. her role and it's just it's different I don't know whether it's just the the acting in it from certain characters is much more sort of real or right. I feel it a, a little bit more whereas other performances in it are like they're acting a little bit okay I don't know I mean, performances are a really specific thing as well. Like, so what, what, what one person enjoys in terms of acting is often what really turns somebody else off. So it's hard to, to comment on that because it's like I have the opposite experience of it, but I, I recognise yours as equally valid. <laughs> it's funny because like the reason I thought that you, Helen, would, would like this is because it's kind of a, a kind of indie movie, kind of it's a little bit Wes Anderson in some ways, like some of the things I know that you like. Um, but, it, but it's so funny because exactly, this is the thing. You can, you can, on paper, something can sound like it's going to fit someone and yeah. then you give it to them. It's like you give someone a cake and then they look at it like, that's full of disgusting stuff. Uh, that's none, I, don't, I would never eat that. Um, and it's like, you know, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it, on paper, it looks like something that would be my yeah. film. And obviously, I don't know, it's strange, isn't it? But I did sort of look at it and go, oh, yeah, I like her. It sounds kind of interesting. Mm. Be interesting to see kind of how, because obviously the other film that we've got, which is an obvious comparison, would be Juno. Yeah, in terms of American, right? In terms of an, alternative an abortion films story. about abortion, yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And there aren't very many and films also, about abortion. To be fair, that's definitely in this in this film's and also it's plus a big points. factor in uh, Dirty Dancing. That's true, but it's less <laughs> less of a feature. There's, there's story. plenty of features. Yeah. I think there's plenty of times when abortions are featured. But one of the things I like about this film is that it's kind of it's a kind of caper movie in a way. It's like you often get this for like male characters where like we've got to get this much money by this time in order to do this thing. But it's about getting an abortion, and that in its in itself, I think, is a nice kind of reversal, and and it kind of really normalises uh, abortion, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, but I don't feel. Like any point that they were there was any chance that they weren't going to get any money you didn't think there was any jeopardy in there no i didn't but i didn't mind that because i didn't really <laughs> feel like that was what it was about so but i was at no point worried about them not making the i should should have been because they were clearly not going to make the appointment but the, about them getting the money i never even thought about that i just thought it was just a journey that whether it happened it happened or if it didn't it didn't it was yeah i mean they the didn't journey. they didn't make it in, they, i mean they don't you know they don't make it in time they do get the money, but like it's a, it's, it's you know, they, in theory, they, there's a load of other ways that they could have got the money than the way that they got the money anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the, I like the idea of what you said, of, say, of a caper. Um, and for me, I agree with yourself, Jen, but for me, the, the kind of, we need to get the money by 5.45 is just a framing device to kind yeah. of box the film yeah, in yeah. because you could have, she would have just booked another appointment. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's so it was never really that much of like a, we need to need to get there. It's not like the last day before it becomes no. illegal to give her. But, but it's almost like it's an emotionally important thing. Mm. Like yeah. she's made this she's, decision, so it has to be this day. Yeah, yeah. You true. know, just because that's that's what she planned. That's the way that she wanted to be. And there's another factor of it as well, that which is like it, this film systematically deconstructs the concept of a grandparent. Like it starts with Lily Tomlin splitting up with her younger lover, yeah. and like like in a, in, a, in a, sort of a scene that you don't expect a grandparent to have and then everything that happens from there out onwards says you know lots of grandparents are not like all of the representations of grandparents that we've seen yeah. like lots of them are friends with uh trans women who are tattooists and who are like and and have and and, and that's why I like that's one of the things I like about it is how it makes you kind of see this idea of a grandparent in a completely different way yeah. I mean, we see lots of examples nowadays about underrepresentation of women, different races, different sexualities. But one thing we don't hear much about is uh, representation of older generations, really. That's true, yeah. Um, so Grace and Frankie is a fantastic example of just people just getting on with their lives, uh, and it's great. Right. And I think Lily Tomlin's kind of at the at the sharp end of this I don't know if it's a movement, but it's certainly something we should try and see more of, I guess. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's you know, even in fact, like she doesn't even have like grey hair, let, let, yeah. let alone white hair. Like, and then that's very representative. Like my, my mum's grandmother age and like is a, she is a grandmother. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, um, the Martin, what's his name? Oh, Martin Sheen. Are you talking yeah. about Grace and Frankie now? No, so I'm, I'm the wrong one. Who do I mean? The Sam guy Wilson. in this. The guy with the yeah, deepest the voice ever. The really Sam Elliott. That's right. Sam Elliott, that's it. From the Big Lebowski. Yeah. He's got such a good voice. Yes. He has. Really good voice. But also, apart from that, he's also a grandparent, isn't he? And yeah. He's also a sort of not what you think of when you think of right. a grandparent. I mean, and he's like maybe the, the, the only really big man part in the in the in the film there are a couple of other ones we would we realized when i was saying this last night that that actually there are a few more men than i thought sadly but uh but like he's an interesting character in itself like because he's not he's not good and he's not bad like he does some dodgy stuff and and also he's being he's being mistreated Mm. but he mistreats back um but at the same time like he literally is a patriarch like that he even says like you're a patriarch and so like he's he's the only time a, a man gets any any screen time of substance in this film and i liked that like yeah. i liked there not being very many men <laughs> absolutely what did you think of it kobe yeah, like you haven't you... shown your your well, cards maybe uh uncover that in the scores i liked <laughs> it i mean i remember when it came out in the cinema and it didn't grab me enough to want to go and see it um i guess i didn't know maybe had i seen grace and frankie before coming out i would have been like yeah let's go and see grandma but it didn't make me think let's go and see this right now but I was very pleased it came on to Netflix and I was very pleased that you Jen chose it because it had been one of those things that have been cycling around in my Netflix list that I've just not got around to seeing not the best not my favourite film indie type film I'd say but very good very passable uh, I guess we'll reveal we'll more in the scores we'll see how the scores go yeah the spreadsheet of dreams so the first up is the recommendability score. So all the scores are out of five. You can have decimal places should you wish, yep. should you feel inclined. Um, so yeah, recommendability. How likely are you to recommend this to someone and sort of your, your overall feelings about it? So we'll start with you, Jen, because it's your choice. 
Uh, I, as I've probably said this last time, I always have trouble with scoring things. And recommend, the problem with recommendability is I think I would strongly recommend it to some people, but probably not to everybody. So who wouldn't so, you recommend this to? See, I'm also now aware that we recommended it to Helen, and Helen, or we thought so, Helen might like it, and she didn't. So yeah, now she's proved oh, it's a bad idea to recommend no, things. No, I don't think so. <laughs> see, there's lots of things that I really, really like about it. I really like the central character, and I really like Deathly as a character, and I think Judy Greer's great in it. And I really like the fact that its kind of plot line is getting enough money together to go and have an abortion. But I just felt that it was such a shame that some of the supporting characters weren't as good as some of the main ones. And I felt that even though it was quite short, things were sort of, oh, everything's all right again. And we didn't mention that there was some kind of quite a long gap between when the daughter had last had contact with the grandma. And they sort of met as if they'd, you know, argued with each other you know, just a week ago or something, and it was all kind of resolved a little bit too nicely and, and easy at the end. So there's a lot of things I do really like about it, and I don't think that me not finding it my favourite film should be a reason for <laughs> you to, to not, not recommend continue it. to recommend to people. <laughs> I think if that makes sense. Because on paper, you would have... Like yeah, you think, I mean, yeah, would, when I saw what it was, I was like, oh, I'd not heard of that. It, it looks it looks interesting. It looks exactly like the kind of film I'd be into. It's got Judy Greer in it. So I think I would recommend it to people who like arty ind- independent yeah. films, um, not people who are into big action, I guess. So probably overall, maybe a three. My score for it in terms of recommendability, I think the thing is that I don't think that you're, you're going to really upset someone if they don't like this film, if mm. you recommend it. Or that said, if someone is upset when they watch this film, they probably like, I'm probably glad about that. Like if someone's like really offended by this film, then I want them to be offended because they need to be like challenged in those, those kind of ways. Cause I, I think the only reason that you might like seriously object to this film is if you have kind of regressive ideas around abortion or women. Uh, so you should have to watch this film if you have those things. So I'm going to say five. Cause I, I do love it. I do love the film. Fantastic. Helen. <laughs> I mean, going on that, you could sort of say, um, I'm going to recommend it to everyone who doesn't like lesbians and <laughs> is anti-abortion and uh, doesn't like seeing women on screen, uh, etc. No, um, being silly. I think I, there's no reason why I wouldn't recommend it to um, anyone who has sort of a general kind of interest in alternative American films. I just, I was just a, a left felt a little bit short by it that was personally um so how does that translate uh i'm gonna go for a three and also i've you know we've have had films that i've watched through this podcast and will not get that time back i did not feel that i'd wasted time <laughs> watching this so <laughs> I, I, I you know it was and it is really short and i think you'll get a feel for whether you like it or not quite right. early on but yeah. it's really right. short so if you if you like kind of alternative American road trip comedy dramas, yeah. <laughs> then give it a go. I'm going to go three as well, yeah. I think it makes sense. It's a nice film. <laughs> I ultimately um, feel that I didn't benefit. I mean, this will be reflected in the small screen score, but I don't think there's any need for me to have seen it in the cinema. Um, so having it somewhere on Netflix is the perfect place to, to do it. Uh, Jen, repeat viewing score. 
Because it is so much like a poem and because it's so short, I feel like it's something that I would quite happily revisit and watch again and possibly see other things in. So although this is your, both of your second times watching it, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Was but although I had, that's the other thing. I can pretty much always watch anything again because I've pretty much always forgotten it, which I had. <laughs> so yeah, Jen that. has a very bad memory is, is what she's getting out there. The first time you watched it was on a TV or was it a cinema it type scenario? on a TV, I think. I, I, I'm not sure. I think we, I don't know, we might have seen it in the cinema. I can't, I like, I can't remember, but it's, that's the thing. It's not the kind of film that you remember seeing in the cinema, mm. I think. You won't, there's no big crashy, bangy, wallopy sounds. Right. There's no, no super special effects. And like you say, it doesn't really need yeah. a big screen, I don't think. So repeat viewing score. Uh, I'm going to go five. Okay. What's the film you've watched the most, Jen? If you can remember that. I do remember that. I, and I actually even remember the film. I've watched it so many times. Um, Before Sunrise. Oh, okay. Before Sunrise, oh, okay. which is one of my favourite films is that? Ever. Which is that one? The first, the first one. one. Yeah. yeah. I love that film. That's a beautiful film. Yeah. I just can't remember which order they come in. No, I, I get I that. I sometimes exactly. say the wrong one. It's definitely the first yeah. one I mean. Sure. I think it's Sunrise. Yeah. That's such a beautiful film, actually. It is an it amazing is. film. And, I and that's think short as well. Either well no, the either, one's the shortest. Yeah. Either I've dreamt it. Or they all actually are on Netflix at the moment. Are they? I don't know why I'm excited. I've got them on DVD. <laughs> I haven't seen the last one, but I could have dreamt. Oh, you've this. never seen the last one. No, because oh, I that's really it's cinema, really so... worth watching. That yeah, one. yeah it is. I mean, and that's actually uh, before before sunrise, before sunset is quite a good reference point for the cut for, for this kind of film as well. Yeah. Like, I, was, I think I said that to you. It's it's kind of like a, about a, a grandmother and a granddaughter, but it's kind of still a series of vignettes in a kind of location where you meet different characters mm. and hit, and it's all in dialogue and stuff mm. so yours your repeat viewing was five i'm gonna go for five as well because i loved watching it again okay. and uh would watch it pretty much anytime anyone wanted to to watch it with me cool so for balance then dave can you remember the film you've seen the most times or what you think is the most i mean it's not gonna be it's not gonna be as kind of uh artistically impressive as jen's i think probably the the film i've seen the most times it's probably Independence Day um, because I love to watch it because it's so terrible. Um, you just love watching that alien get punched. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love how terrible it is. Like, it's, and it, but it's also, it's, it's not just terrible. It, it gives me emotional responses. I just know they're based on nothing. Um, but I, I definitely have watched that a lot of times for fun. But I don't tend to repeat watch stuff much, actually. Um, I think there was like my my younger years. I think I've watched stuff more than I do now. I think that's true of everyone now, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because you had a finite number of DVDs, right? Or, or Channel Four or TV would show the same film a few times, right? When you and you'd make sure you'd be watching it. You'd be at home instead of playing with your friends. You wait. You'd watch Back to the Future when it came on TV because it's like you loved it, right? Um, and I didn't, I didn't have a, a TV at, uh, when I was at uni. So it was just DVDs or vi- videos, I think, mostly back then. And so I didn't have trash TV to chill out with. So Independence Day yeah. was my trash TV. So that's I like watched it the same way people, I guess, would, would have been watching Friends or whatever Neighbours. around that time. Neighbours, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Helen. And, and also, we all have jobs now and things True. like that. That's right. So life yeah. gets in the way of I, uh, repeat viewings of uh, When I was at uni, I used to watch both editions of Neighbours. 
<laughs> just, right. When I look right. back and I just think, I wasted my, I, what was I doing with my time? Right. <laughs> it's only yeah. 25 minutes each episode. I mean, still... if, you, if you're tempted to watch both episodes of, of, of Neighbours in a day, you're probably better off watching Grandma twice in, in that day. <laughs> uh, or at least once, once, I guess once is about the same amount of time. Uh, Helen. Repeat viewing. Um, if, if there's a situation where someone wanted to watch it and I was there, I'd, I'd watch it again, but I'm probably not going to go out of my way to watch it again. So I'm going to go for a two. Okay. I'm with you on the two there. I think it's, I don't think I need to see it again. I think it's a really cool, interesting story. And it's a way of getting into Lily's character a bit and unpicking what she's been through. Um, but watching it again... I'm comparing this to things like Little Miss Sunshine and um, those kind of films where I'd look, I think, yeah, I'd love to watch those again. But this one, it's fine for me. Yeah, yeah. Juno I want to watch again quite soon, actually, thinking about that. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see that again. I've yeah, I mean, all of, the, all of the films you're, you're, you're naming, I'd like to see again. But <laughs> uh, Small screen score, Jen. Well, I, I think it doesn't benefit at all from, well, if I've seen it on the big screen, I don't remember seeing it on a big screen. I don't see why it, particularly needs to be on the big screen and I think it's um shortness is really good on a you know for the next net I think Netflix is a really good place for it and therefore a small screen I would like a bigger screen than we have but that's a different issue so <laughs> um, I'm gonna go five again cool yeah I mean I think I I agree a short film like this is 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 great for a small screen it also isn't it isn't about the special effects it isn't about the sound design mm. all of the things that you can maybe get in a cinema it it doesn't require you to have and i think the thing is yeah like i think if this film speaks to you then it's you know then it's worth watching and if it doesn't speak to you then so that kind of goes back to the repeat viewing as well i think it's interesting like the fives and the the twos that's that's how I'd imagine it to be. Like, if you love this film, it'll be repeat viewing. Yeah. And if it's okay, then you won't watch, like, what's the point in watching it again? So small screen score, five. Helen? Um, I'm also going to give it a five because um, not only is it one of those ones that you can just happily watch on a TV um, without worrying about the, the picture quality, um, but also because it's one of those films that most people will have missed probably at the cinema and will have been of great interest to them. And there's probably going to be quite a few people who like yourselves will find it as enjoyable and it could become like one of your top favorite films. So if this is your bag, then check it out. Yeah. I'm giving it a five as well. I think perfect for Netflix. Like, like you guys, I don't want to reiterate the same things you guys have said, but if I'd have seen this in the cinema, I would have thought that's probably a waste of my money. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Travel that's time fair. to get to cinema. I mean, cinemas are expensive. And actually, if you did see it in the cinema, you'd want it on a. You'd want to be in one of the smaller rooms on a small yeah, exactly. screen, wouldn't you? Which is probably a sign that it's fine on a small screen. <laughs> um, engagement score, Jen. Um, I didn't wander off. I didn't make a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, I didn't it check how long test. it passed the tea mean... test. Yeah. Um, Points in a high score direction for you guys. Didn't look at the time left at all. So I, I don't think I was wondering at all. I think that goes five as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm reluctant to also give it five because I don't like things getting too high scores. But Yeah, I feel a bit uncomfortable it's about It's okay, that, though, because they're evening it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's go with, I'll go with five. Yeah. Helen? I, I can give it a four. Yeah? Yeah, I was, um, you know, I was um, happy to go along with it. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a four. I love Lily Tomlin. 
Um, I can't remember. It's quite bad. I don't remember the daughter's name, the actress name, but she's she was in a TV show called The Ozarks. Yeah, oh, the granddaughter. Yeah, yeah she's in that. Name. She's also in the Get Down as well. Oh, she's, she's in the she, Get Down. Yeah, yeah. She's in. Have you seen season two of the Get Down? I've seen like the first two. I kind of dived out after. Sure, right. So you have you won't yeah, have met. I'm not, yeah. I'm not met her yet. I will watch it at some point. But <laughs> um, I think she's great in those arcs. I think like I kind of agree with yourself, Helen, in terms that she was the less defined of the main two characters but it, it was really it really is Lily's film but I liked seeing Laverne Cox I liked seeing going back to Judy Grace uh, Sam Elliott and visiting the knobhead's boyfriend and seeing that kind of oh wedding, yeah, yeah that's actually one of my favourite scenes in it when yeah. she beats up the boyfriend <laughs> um, engagement score four <laughs> which means we have an overall score of 4.13 which that's is pretty respectful that's pretty good score yeah. Yeah. it's done better than I thought it was going to when we, when, we, when we started you thought it was going to be really high but then Helen said I didn't like it that much yeah, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. a shit you never thought it was a proper shit film you just didn't think it I was think as high I think this is the first time our scores have ever completely matched have well. we matched oh no, my god we yeah. never matched 3, 2, 5, 4 mm. uh, both on 3.5 overall guys thanks for bringing grandma to us can you let us know where we can find you online? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Family Tree Pod. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can find us online at thefamilytreepodcast.co.uk or anywhere that you go to find your podcasts. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. You can find all of the episodes on our website, flickswatcher.tv. Want to give us your five star review? Follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter. Big shout out to our editor Brendan Russell for all his awesome editing skills, and thanks as always to the mighty people for their tunes.